What's going on, everybody? Hello. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Eva Singleton, and we would love to welcome you to the Love Life Legacy Podcast. That's right. The Love Love Life Life Legacy Legacy Podcast. Podcast. Hey, Uh Love Life Legacy Podcast. podcast. Hey, hey, hey. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. (laughs) And we just wanted to let you guys know with this podcast, we desire to share our love, life, and legacy with the hopes that it insp- that it inspires, compels, and challenges others. We are all about growth. We're all about evolution. We are all about leveling up. And with this podcast, um, us being vulnerable, sharing our life, sharing our perspective, sharing our opinions, it is our desire that we, as well as you guys, can level up in our life, find love, find somebody to do life with, and build a legacy. So... Without further ado, we're going to get started with the podcast. Sorry, first of all, sorry that we're a little late. Um, as you can see, you know, we got a little uh, nice little setup going on here. You know, um, this this has been a good year. We're able to invest in the yeah, <laughs> So far, it's been a good year. Um, we're able to uh, invest in ourselves. The best thing that you can invest is in yourself and in your passion. This is something that we have been passionate about. For, um, years. for years and being that we finally have the opportunity to do it um, you might as well go ahead and invest in your greatest investment with it was with this which is yourself mm-hmm. um, so we got a very interesting topic tonight that we want to talk about and of course it come it comes from Facebook something that we actually um, saw from a post and it fits the the, the dynamic of um, our podcast um, in the conversation that we love to have. Uh, so without further ado, baby, you mind go ahead and introducing the topic? Sure. So um, in mid-February, I shared a status that said, um, stop saying that marriage is just a piece of paper. Yeah. So is money, but you get up every day and work hard for it. So work hard for your relationship and your marriage. It got um, quite a few shares. Um, I shared it from... Healthy Zone is, I believe, is the originator of the status. And um, when Jonathan was at work, him and his coworkers had, I guess, an awesome conversation about we the did. topic. And then in the recent news um, with Kayla Nicole, which we will talk about, uh, who is a social media uh, influencer sensation, however, um, what happened to her of late um, in regards to, I would say, uh, in regards to the same topic. So. Mm-hmm. Got something to add? Um, yeah, this this is a very interesting topic. Um, it's because we've had this conversation um, with with ourselves, and oh, let me turn my volume down. We get right. We've had this conversation with ourselves, um, with amongst ourselves, excuse me. And it's something that we debated about. It's because you know we always look, or we we tend to look at the piece of paper as just a piece of paper instead of looking at what the piece of paper represents. Um, we do everything, um, in the eyes of a contract, you know, you buy a house, you sign a contract, you get a job, you sign a con, you sign a contract, you sign a contract with just about everything. Um, but as of uh, recent years, I don't know if it's because of the millennials, I just don't understand when it comes to marriage, the authenticity of marriage, um, the reverence that marriage used to carry is diminishing and marriage is being looked at as just another thing, something else that people do 
uh, just because they feel like they're in love and they feel like the next step is to get married and they go through with it without actually looking at what the marriage actually represents and that piece of paper uh, being something that solidifies almost that marriage contractually. There's other things that come along with it, but you have to look at the big picture of what that uh, piece of paper represents. So just in conversations, hearing people talk about it, I'm like, honey, we just really have to talk about this topic because it's really a good topic to talk about. I think the topic is really multifaceted in many different ways. Um, And I really think, honey, that people's perspective of marriage is shaped by, you know, how they see others, it's shaped by experience, it's shaped by history. Um, Maybe one reason why marriages aren't, you know, like they would, we would say used to be is because, you know, back in the day, you know, with women, you know, having to, you know, gain their rights and gain, you know, gain certain, I guess, strides in the world. Some women stayed married in unhappy marriages because, you know, their husband was a breadwinner. You know, they weren't good paying jobs. So we have people that are growing up and heard stories about, oh, my grandmama stayed married and, you know, you know, Papa was a rolling stone and, you know, (laughs) all those things. And people felt that, you know, they had to stay married to keep a home. And then you had other people, you had men that were married and had this attitude you know, I can creep out as long as I take care of home, you know. Right. So, you know, it's just more than one situation, you know, or experience people have that deter them from marriage because people was like, well, what's the point of getting involved, you know, if all A, B, and C, and D could happen or, or however. And that so. makes sense. And that's why I think the, the proper hashtag or tagline that we're trying to put onto this conversation is make marriage great make again. Make it great again. You know, trying to, you know, do do a spin on, on a play on words for the... Uh, I don't even give it credit. Oh, my we just God. Keep it Y'all know where it's coming from. <laughs> right? We just keep it moving past that. But you have to make it great again because it is something that's still real. And people actually do still desire to be married. And there are people now that are married and they have to live this thing in a world that is telling them that marriage is irrelevant, that relationships and the way that they do relationships are just archaic and it's it, it doesn't matter anymore. And as, as long as you find somebody you love and y'all in a partnership, then do you really need the piece of paper? And just all the stuff that you hear. And we just want to debunk everything, you know. Or I, just give a okay. perspective. Oh, give, give a perspective. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, that's, but that's just how firmly – that I believe in marriage and I'm one of the guilty parties even of starting to believe the idea that it's just a piece of paper. It Oh, I got married to you thinking it was just a piece of paper. Okay. What's that story? Well, you know, I, you know, <laughs> didn't really want to be married. <laughs> he didn't force me into marriage, but mm-hmm. I had this, um, I've always been pretty ambitious and, I knew I, you know, back and hold me back. <laughs> right, because you always have had an independent mindset. Yes. You've always been goal-oriented. Yes. You've always known what you want, and marriage and, fam- and family and, and uh, kids were just not in the view yeah, at that point. Yeah, it was That's just, and then we got married at 18 and 19, so it was not like we had our whole lives to live. And right. um, I think we should just go ahead and tie it in. Okay. And then we'll we'll bring it all together. So, okay. a piece of our our love story. Go okay, ahead. so I got pregnant um, at seventeen, 
Um, I had already graduated high school because I was out of high school a year early. And um, so I was off at college, and Jonathan was still finishing his senior year. Right. I was just about to turn 18. I think I was mm, I was turning 18 probably two months after I found out I, was pre- I got pregnant, so I was right there. So, but in a nutshell, I already knew that I didn't want a baby. I knew I didn't want a marriage. I didn't want any of that because... I had my plan. And so Jonathan never gave me a reason or a doubt or or anything that he wasn't going to be there. But, shoot, I didn't want to be fooled and take him at his word. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and things didn't work out for me. And I was like, you know, I really don't want to do this because um, I don't want to – I didn't want the the responsibility of a child. And I was just finishing up my freshman year of college. But Jonathan and my mom and his mom convinced me otherwise that I'll still be able to do everything that I wanted to do and just trust them and trust the process. Yes. So I was like, that's cool, but that'll mean we got to get married. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you know, we can do this thing. But just my love for him and seeing how he just was, you know, in my eyes, a man of his word and whatever, whatever. And he made the sacrifice of not going to Morris College because yeah. um, I was like, hey, come to state with me. They got um, they got housing here for, you know, people with children. Just come here with me. And he was like, no, I really want to raise our, our daughter the right way, you know, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, come on. I'm so <laughs> all career oriented. You know, you know, mama them say that they'll keep her. <laughs> like, let's, <Yeah>. just go. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go, whatever. And um, he was like, no, Eva, just trust me. I promise you'll be able to still finish school and yes. do all that. And I was like, well, if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to him. Give it to him. If I don't. If you don't. She's staying with you. Yeah. And I'm going back to school. <sighs> and he was like, you don't have to worry about it. However, he explained it then. I said, okay, yeah. cool. Because as long as you know, this is your responsibility, not mine. That was my yeah. attitude, y'all. So, anyways, so, you know, we did the whole pregnancy class and things like that, and Jonathan was just phenomenal. And, like, I had, I don't know, I was just always afraid, and I never wanted to be the single mom. I never, because I didn't want kids and all of that right there. So, to be a single young teen mom was just unrealistic, too much for me to handle. So, in a nutshell, so, Jonathan's. You know, hit me with okie doke. He was like, uh, I kind of don't want to raise our daughter going between two houses. You've been sneaking it up on me. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't want her to be at Joe Mama house one night and come to my mama house the other night or, you know, whatever, whatever. He was like, I'm going to get us a place. Yeah. And I was like, okay. You know, just going with the flow. And within two months or whatever, Jonathan already had the money saved up because he mm. worked very hard. And I'm like, dude. He tried to get the apartment before his 18th birthday in August. <laughs> the lady yes. was like, you just got to wait until you turn 18. I had money in hand, though. Everything was ready, and why be dumb? Something really did. Right after he turned 18, went up there and got us our first apartment in Peppertree Town Homes. And yes. I was like, this guy is really serious. And I still was like, well, that don't mean we got to get married. <laughs> that right. was still my perception of it. 
And so um, Jayla came in October, and I think within two days we were already moved in. We had a new baby, and Jonathan was just really handling things. And then I stopped comparing my relationship with him to the relationships that I've, that I've seen, and I gave him the fair chance that I should have, but I still didn't necessarily want him to be married. Yeah. Um, so we lived together about a year, and... I just, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, okay, I'll get married. I'll get married, but if it don't work out, we'll just get a divorce. Because, you know, ain't nothing but a piece of paper <laughs> anyway. <laughs> ain't nothing but a piece of That's paper exactly anyways. And he was, in, but you already had those core values, though. I did. He was like, you know, I just want to do what's right by you. I want to do what's right by our daughter. And I was just like, okay, but again, if it don't work out, um, the day we got married, we were upstairs in our room because we got married in our apartment in Pepper Tree. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the address? 7664A Suzanne Drive. Big facts. Uh, yeah. S32 or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. So we got married in our apartment, and I was like, listen. <laughs> we were at the top of the stairs. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, if it just don't work out, we can just get a divorce. <laughs> and I made him so mad. Yeah. But in him wanting to get married, he yeah. let it roll off his shoulders. I'm feeling something come back. Really? <sighs> and we went down in. I'm seeing this vows with this look in my eye. If it don't work out, you know, we can get this annulled. We got time, but it all worked out. So even me not, I guess, I guess having that independent mindset or not wanting marriage or just seeing a relationship or something that I can jump in and out of, I'm not sure my whole 17, 18-year-old mindset, but I I did have the understanding that it was a piece of paper Paper. and if we didn't work out, we could just get get rid of it. And, you know, I don't know. And, so. and, 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 and I honestly believe that um, it's really because of marriage not really being taught in the right perspective. Yeah, I wasn't taught marriage. No. I mean, we my mom was wasn't. on her second marriage. She divorced my dad um, when I was four. So, but I was raised with my stepdad as my dad. Uh, right. That's my dad. And I saw marriage. But as far as marriage being a conversation, no, because my mom raised me with the understanding of her first, I'm sorry, her first marriage. I hit the microphone saying no. Her first marriage, which was Evie, you know, make sure that you can take care of yourself because my mom was in an abusive marriage her first time. You know, don't, don't depend on no man all the time. You know, keep you a little stash, keep you with a little this. So I was raised with that I don't need a man kind of, not in a bad way. She, my mom never did it in a a facetious way. Right. She never talked bad she, about my dad. She, but she, she taught you from her experience. She taught me from her experience because my mom didn't work. She was, for most of my mom's first marriage, she did not work. Uh, my biological dad took care of everything. So when she became abused, you know, she had to literally come up with a strategic pl- a exit plan, you right. know, and it took her to save, get little odd jobs. I think she had started working at the hospital. Some of my aunts and cousins that's on Facebook, they can probably give you the story because they all were together during that time period a lot better than I can. 
But my mom just raised me that way. And that just goes to show you, like I said in the beginning of this conversation, people learn marriage through their experiences and what others are taught. You know how things are taught, passed down to them. My mom did that to me to protect me. But I would say when my mom saw your character and saw who you was and all y'all little conversations. I know. I'm about to tear up. All the conversations that they had when we were young. Yeah. My mom gave me the okay that I could trust them. And even though she told me that, I still had issues accepting gifts from you. you yeah, I still had I still had issues fully releasing myself, but I'm thankful that when my mom realized who you were, yeah. that she gave me that free space to, you know, let them let them let them do it. Let them in. <laughs> let them in. And what, what she would always check on me and we we had we had our back you know conversations that even you don't know about oh i know you know and that's it's just i, I love it can we talk please yeah, keep going. okay um <laughs> and so from your experience your mom um you know came from a place with of, of what she went through and on the contrary my my mom um you know being married twice two failed marriages and me not being raised in a two-parent household you know, she always, she never discouraged marriage. She actually always taught me that, you know, if I do find somebody, that the wife is first. She did teach you that. And I'm second to the T. She even says that to this day. And we've been married going on 14 years. Mm-hmm. She'll say, Jonathan? She actually started saying that when I was pregnant, before we were married. No, she, no I'm saying she told me that from a young age. Oh, okay, so okay. I've heard that my whole life. Yeah. Um, because I was eight years old, and she tells this story all the time. Public transportation, not having a, a, a car to get around, so we had to drive Carter everywhere, <laughs> right? Ride Carter everywhere. So I was going to school downtown, Mitchell Elementary, and um, I don't know why I had the thought, but, you know, at eight years old, I remember driving what we were riding, and I turned to my mama, and I told her, I said, Mama, you know I'm going to leave you one day, right? She said, "What?" She said, "I said, yeah, I'm I'm gonna grow up and I'm I'm going to move that's out." That's something John John would tell me. Yeah. That's something sound like John he John would say. Just like that. It's just I had an idea, an understanding that I wasn't always gonna be with my mama, and she didn't tell me how impactful that was until I got older. Um, but she she said she knew then that I was gonna be okay, and I don't know if it's because of her trying to teach me what it is that a man is supposed to do and how a woman is supposed to be uh, coupled with television shows that we grew up with, you know, family matters and me seeing Carl Winslow father, the Cosby show shaping. and seeing, you know, Bill Cosby father, you know, other shows step by step seeing him, that dad can't remember his name, how he fathered, you know, we, we had shows that showed wholesome, a shows. wholesome shows that showed uh, two parent what dynamics. About what about Good Times? What about Gene? Damn, Gene! I know because I don't remember nothing Gene. But we grew up with good wholesome shows, yeah. and I internalized all of it. And I knew early on that I want a family, and I knew that watching my mom struggle, working two, three jobs dealing with health problems, epilepsy, high blood pressure, and uh, me nodding, not wanting that for my life. And I knew I wanted to find somebody 
that matched what I, my outlook on life, I was going to lock her down, and I was going to pregnant her. I had no idea. <laughs> I just, I, I didn't know it was going but to come so early. Soon. Not as yeah. soon. I didn't know it was going to come so <laughs> early. Somebody but take that the wrong I way. Knew that, I knew that that's what the goal was going to be. So I think with us having this conversation about marriage being a piece of paper, it really does start at the beginning, your upbringing what you take in from the world, a perspective that's being taught to you, what's being given to you. And even if you have... What you are allowing, because we have a lot of influence, but you chose to be influenced by what you was influenced exactly. by. Exactly. Like I, I watch all the same shows, right. but I wasn't looking, looking at it for at that. Way. Because yeah. <laughs> me and my mom had conversations, so I'm going to protect me. Right. So. And I just... I So your influences really do do matter. And it really does shape and mold you. Because think about it. When you have an idea, you lean towards other ideas, ideas. that fits your idea, idea. your perception. So That's true. So why not with marriage or anything else that we experience in life? Exactly. And, and going back to that last point, even if you don't have the, uh, a shaping on somebody to share that perspective, why not allow or take in your environment? And allow that to be your shaping and want better for yourself instead of being the person that perpetuates the cycle because, and this is going to lead into our subtopic, because all honesty, <laughs> black folk in America, we're not the best of perpetuating healthy relationships and a healthy life in America and in our communities that predominantly all of us grew up in. That's true. We see broken households. Rather, it's the system being systematic and taking the man out of the household, which I do believe that was the case, you know, with this three strikes law and, you know, during the crack epidemic. And you have to ask your question, yourself, how did all this stuff get in the neighborhoods that we were forced to be grouped in? Boy, that's a whole nother that's conversation. A con another conversation. But the, systematically, our men being taken out of the household, boom, there's broken marriage. I mean, bro broken marriage and broken household. Just broken relationships. Just broken relationships. Yeah. So now you have created a single-parent household environment. You have children that's growing up and watching their single mothers struggling. In some cases, single fathers. And single fathers. More, but more than often is mothers, mm -hmm. you know, um, struggle to pay bills, struggle to parent. And then you have the children now become latchkey kids. They, you never get an opportunity to see a healthy pattern of family, love, and relationships that people do in life. So with that being said, I understand that that's what you, you're accustomed to, but you do not have to become a product of your environment. You, don't. you can allow your but environment. you are a product of your perception and your views that's and true. your personal core values. So at the end of the day, it, it's going to go back to who you, me, right. is as an individual person. Right. Um, Steve Harvey had an episode. I don't know how long ago it was, but I watched his uh, Steve Watch clips um, on Facebook. And um, there was this black couple that had started this social group or this group in the Cincinnati Cincinnati area of uh, black African-American marriages that were married for 50 years plus. And at their first meeting, just in their area, they ha they were able to get 50 or more uh, don't quote me on the number, but it was a lot of old black couples That's awesome. that showed that up because they were, and I'll post it to the group later, I'll find it, but um, they were able to file because they wanted to debunk, using your words, that, you know, that African Americans do stay married. Now, yeah. we do have a lot of broken homes, but there are 
a lot of healthy marriages too, but you just don't hear a lot about them. And that's why I wanted to do something like this. Being yeah. being young, married, with a family, in this era, is unheard of. So much so that when my wife used to go out with our kids shopping, oh, this is something that she had to deal with, and I understood exactly where she was coming from. She was uncomfortable going out I of the house. I was embarrassed that I had so many kids. kids. And I wasn't with her. And I, I was embarrassed that I had three kids at one point because I'm like, oh, Lord. I just, you know. And then when I was pregnant with my fourth, oh, my anxiety. I don't even know why it meant, like, I don't even know why I had that pressure. No, I do. And we, we did. We talked about that. But it's, I just. It's, it's, it is the norm to see a single mother with three, four, five kids. But that's nothing to be embarrassed embarrassed about no no it is well, it, no it no i'm sorry you can't it's tell not people's circumstances right. no it's not nothing You're to right. be embarrassed about but what You're i'm right. saying is that i just didn't like the stigma i didn't like to uh, people to assume yeah you're right because i'm like if it happens to somebody it happens, happens yeah but for, yeah but for somebody for that to be the norm i was just always uncomfortable with it right. or for it to be the norm of how many baby daddies you got? Like what? That doesn't. That's not for everybody. And right. I just didn't like that. I know. You know. It's like you it, always have to work harder to try to fight against or defeat the stereotype. Yeah. It's like why don't you just, you know, why isn't it the norm to just expect the best from people? Because when you have more numbers that speak towards we don't know one the thing. numbers. We just assume those are the numbers. Right? You know the actual figures? I, I don't know, and that's something maybe right. we should I'm have. Tit for tat, but, yeah. but the real life is there's a whole lot of single people with children than it is mad people with children. There, there I is. just personally didn't like the stigma. And, and it's sad that you as a married woman that, are res- that, that was respecting your core values had to actually walk in that type or that level of anxiety. But that is what society has done. And, of, of course, we take a lot of personal responsibility and accountability to that. But that is the, the stereotype that society has placed. Oh, she's just another, you know, black young girl with a bunch of kids. Yeah. You know, I, 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 one time, and this old African had, had, like, she didn't pull me aside. She just made a comment, and I can't remember verbatim, because she was doing it in my best interest. And she was basically saying that that's enough children now. Mm. And all I said was, however she said it, because I don't want to take, she didn't say it mean or rude. She said it as if she was just like an old mother. Right. Just being a, a holding yeah, you accountable. Yeah. We don't have that no more. <laughs> and, not in 2020. And all I said was, yes, ma'am. And then I realized that, oh, she thinks because Jayla's kind of light-skinned. Mm. Ava's more my complexion. Right. I'm, I was pregnant with John John, I think. And I had uh, You were Joy. pregnant with Joy. 
I thought I was pregnant. Uh, I was pregnant with. Oh, you were pregnant with John John, and I, you. I think so. Would you skip over Joy? He threw me off. Yeah, I might. <laughs> I might have had Joy, but whoever I, I know, I was pregnant at the time, and I had several kids, and I probably had somebody else with me too at the same time. Yeah, I can't remember, but that thing I bought, and I was like, "Oh, she probably thinking." Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope she don't think I fast. I hope she don't think I'm out in the street. Or is it really just because of the amount of kids? Or, you know, I was dressed appropriately. You know, we was in the we was in the cult. I was puppet, but I never really dressed promiscuous, anyways. But I was like, what would make her say that to me if it wasn't? That she just sees me with all these children and, you know, nicely telling me to, to slow down. But I guess there's nothing wrong with it. And maybe I just took it the wrong way. No. Because, I mean, you know, no. we do have a lot of kids. And another thing, you know I you. had look, look, look at my face when I was that, when I, I know I'm a little plump now. But I did I look, <laughs> but I did look really young when I was 25. I could yeah. sometime pass for like 20 and 19 yeah, still. Because yeah. I was really slim. Yeah. And I was, I had a really small frame, and I was like, you know, maybe she just thought I was just super young. Maybe she thought I was like 21 with these four possible kids or something. Yeah. But she didn't ask. Right. She because didn't inquire. Why ask if the assumption is backed by the norm? Like, let's, what's the point? You already, you already know what time it is. I probably uh, wasn't wearing my often. ring because I didn't wear my wedding ring that often back yeah. then. Too, too many, so, too know. many times we see it. You know, you got a, 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 a girl, about three kids, two baskets full of groceries. What's your first thought? You got food stamps? Food stamps. <laughs> and all them kids got different baby daddies. Because that is what we're used to seeing. And it's sad, but we can change that. We can. We that, and that's what we that's what we mean by make marriage great again by actually going to the root. Okay, now we've addressed it. Uh, your upbringing has a lot to do with it. How you're being raised, your perspective that you're but taught you has a lot to do with it, and all that. Fails. No, I no, we're not we're not talking about that. We're talking about actually giving people a understanding that can have a chance to create what we consider is the 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 end goal uh, uh, of a healthy relationship a healthy home married building love life and legacy together so i understand that you can't help it just like you can't help your upbringing but at the same time you can you can influence it by changing it changing your paradigm and how you see different things and certain things you know so we have to stop we have to work first with uh, we have to shift our paradigm first just like what the poll said stop Saying that marriage is just a piece of paper, mm-hmm. shifting that paradigm to me. You get up to work for money. Because you get up, it's a piece of paper that really carries no value. It's not backed by anything. It can buy you That's things, but it's no it used to. <laughs> but we're so in debt, it's not even backed by anything anymore. I like when it says, "So work hard for your relationship and your marriage." And I like that it put a distinction between a relationship and a marriage. Mm. Um, I thought that was important. A relationship, by definition, is the way in which two or more things connect together. You know, um, a marriage is a legal or formalized personal relationship. Mm-hmm. And I do think that those terms are hand in hand. But um, the more better word that I wanted to get to is companionship, which is the friendship or the friendliness 
and all of that between two people. Okay. And um, I think sometimes people lose compassion, I mean companionship and relationships, so all they do have is a piece of paper. Mm. I see. You know, so it just really depends on your relationships. I think, you know, out of the 50 million thousand times I claimed I wanted to, you know, I wanted to divorce you because I really did want yeah. to divorce you like 50 million thousand times. Yeah. Those were at weak moments where we didn't have companionship. Right. We, there, you know, our relationship was off in whatever ways or, or however. So therefore, it was a piece of paper because we and one passion article, and I wish I remember that doctor's name. But he was saying uh, how us humans are these social beings and how we need companionship. And without the right level of relationships in our lives and companionships in our life, um, it can cause mental illness. Uh, I wish you had that all. Because <laughs> I, w- I, w- I would like to dive yeah, into that. I would definitely find it and forward it to you. But I just thought it was a good point. You know, that's a very good point. You know, you know, social awkwardness. And it would make sense why we're such we're so dysfunctional. Yeah. Wow. And when we talk about you know broken relationships, like when you were given the example of you know how the you know the homes are torn apart, you know the male figures aren't there and whatever, who's struggling? All that is really saying broken relationship, broken relationship. Somebody's not awake. There's no togetherness. There's no relationship. Relationship broken. And so, yeah. But wouldn't it take you all? uh, But wouldn't it take? You just doing the work on yourself, though. Like it, it, it brings up um, a comment that one of my coworkers, uh, one of my coworkers, say to me all the time. Um, talk about Simone. I hope that she just joined in. I know you listening, Simone. What's going on? I just saw you join. Um, she said she told me one time. She told me actually a couple of times. She said, Jonathan, it's not a whole lot of dudes just like you. You're literally like a dinosaur. <laughs> That's what you're trying to say. Oh, she said, no, they just ain't going to find men like you. Your age, you 32, uh, own a home, married, you know, love your wife, you know, kids, no, no illegitimate kids. It's like you are a dying breed. And I said, man, I never looked at myself like that. Right. Because I, I, I tend to try to see the best in every situation, try to be as optimistic as I can. Um, and I always feel like there's hope for guys to be like me. But when she said that, I really started to pay attention to try to find somebody else my age that's doing what we're doing. And there was only a few that I could think about that I'm aware of. I know there may be a lot more, but I would love for them for there to be a bigger community of, of, of folks that are doing what we're doing and trying to build what we build. And I know that it's not, but that's the sad reality of it. But that would take really us doing the work on ourselves. And this, and, and this is another point uh, I want to bring up. And what me, what me saying us doing the work on ourselves? When I try to talk to brothers, right, and we always get into conversations with brothers um, about relationships, and I try to say, uh, encourage them, hey, you know, you, when you're gonna ask your girlfriend, you know, to marry you, or hey, you ready for marriage, or hey. You ready to build a home? Hey, you ready to lock it down? Hey, you ready to join the black men don't cheat movement? You know, it's always hesitation. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I ain't ready. One day I'll get there, this and that. Maybe marriage is a piece of paper to them. I understand. But all they're literally doing is is perpetuating 
the same cycle and the same system that we have created for ourselves and within ourselves that is so damaging to the black community. And that's the problem. You shouldn't be content with perpetuating destruction because it is. What if they just ain't in love yet? No, and I get that. But I'm talking about the guys that I know that have the potential of making the person who they're in a relationship with wifey. And they still are hesitant because they're doing the thing on the side. Mm. You know, it's just, it's, and it's unfortunate, um, but that, that brings me to the actual subtopic that I really wanted to get to. With Kayla Nicole. There's a, a social media influencer by the name of Kayla Nicole. And I, I came across, um, you know, my, my feed, because I'm, I'm aware of her because my daughter's follower. She's, she's funny, goofy, but she has a lot of followers. Well, anyway, she had posted a couple of tweets online that got a lot of people mad and uproared, and it was said that she lost millions of followers. But um, the article says, popular YouTube star Kayla Nicole caused arguments after stating that 70% of African Americans birth birth children out of wedlock and that they need to stop. Um, And it says she dropped a statistic saying that 70% of black people uh, black African-American children are born out of wedlock. Um, she stated the African-American need to stop creating bastard children. That was literally her awful, verbiage. Awful words. And um, one of my coworkers I got in a conversation with, she said, well, they probably got mad because she used the term bastard. I said, well, that's what they are. I said, oh, we had a bastard child. <laughs> I mean, that, it, I know it, it, it sounds it hard. really bad. And it sounds bad, but that literally is the terminology definitively of what, what they're called. Um, but we didn't, we didn't let her stay that way. You know, we got married <laughs> and, you know, and she, she became a part of the home. Um, but she got a lot of backlash and, uh, she, uh, the, the, the backside of her tweet said she didn't just stop with the 70% of African-American children are born out of wedlock. She said, please break the cycle of making bastards, make marrying a traditional belief again. And I don't understand why people would get so offended by the post. Why? Because she's because speaking the truth. Because if I was single and I had bastard children, I keep getting the mic, bastard children, I would feel like she didn't give me a chance to explain my situation. I would feel like, I don't know, I can only imagine the emotions. Is that enough to unfollow her? No, but that's something for you to reason within yourself if what she's saying is But people bad. don't like truth. People say, tell me the truth, don't ever lie, but that is not what they want you to do. They want you to lie. They want you to make them feel better about themselves and their situation when the truth is she is not but wrong. But there are people of the belief that that's don't desire to be married. They just don't. We have we have people that's having children. That's problem, we have people that's having children without problem. marriage. Not and I'm I not mean like I mean like going to the sperm bank. You know, you know they just like people just feel as though they want children. So marriage isn't a priority for everyone. Um, what was what's the um uh the lady who just recently had an article out? Oh, Amanda Seals. Yeah. You know, she said we have women have other options now. You know is we don't have to be married. You know, right. marriage isn't a thing. So we made ours work because you were stronghold and you believed that marriage was important. You had that core value. Yeah. You had that expectation. 
you know, I didn't start out with that core value, but I didn't want children either. But because I wanted that too if it had happened, I, we were able to grow in that understanding together. Therefore, we got married. We worked out the kinks. We, we got over the hump of feeling like marriage was just a per- piece of paper because we invested in one another. Right. But other people just don't feel the need to do that. Uh, and, and But, again, why? 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 So, okay, for me, I feel like marriage is the biggest commitment two people well. could ever and they, some people scared of commitment. I, that, and that's the problem. If we as human beings are well, not created to be independent, but, but interdependent of each other, then why not try to find somebody who you literally can build an interdependency and a bond that cannot be broken? You know, when I heard myself, I'm going to stop saying people are afraid of commitment. And we're going to read Asia's response. Okay. Because people aren't afraid of the of committing to children. Yeah. You know, people aren't afraid to have babies. Mm-hmm. That's a commitment. Um, people are committed to what they want to be committed to. Let me say that way. Yeah. Because we we commit ourselves to what we want to commit ourselves to. Um, Asia said, uh, some men do not feel comfortable with marriage, especially if they feel they cannot financially support a family. That is true. You, you can, can love a person and know you're not ready for a commitment of marriage. Well, in the eyes true. of, that is very true. Uh, Kayla Nicole Post, she fine with that. Just don't have bastard children. Yeah. That was that was her whole thing. That, that's all she's. Is to stop breaking, you know, the broken You home. have to break the cycle that we created ourselves. And that's all that girl was saying, making marriage that's honorable and it was honorable in the but eyes of the black don't community. But for children either. You have and, people that don't want children. But, but, but she is speaking specifically About to a cycle yes. that we and a large majority of our community promote. <laughs> it's, yeah, and, and she's not but wrong. But it's not just the black community either. But, but, but that, okay, we have to keep it specific though. Okay. I know that other people, you know, like the the thing of EBT. I was I grew up believing that only black people got EBT, and still I learned statistically white people are on EBT more than black people, right? But I, I and I get that every community has their problems, every culture has their problems, and we're dealing specifically with the black culture, black us, history, yeah. black history, right? It's why continue to do something that you know has been <laughs> messing our communities and our families up. And I'm just saying that I understand things are happen, that things happen. And I get that you can't control every circumstance. But what you can control, try to control. And don't just throw something as honorable as marriage out of the window because of fear or you unwilling to give of yourself. And it may take time. And that's okay. But you know that it's 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 fine to have a core value of a healthy home, of a healthy relationship, and 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 like the sister said, when when men don't feel like they can financially support the home, they don't they want they don't want they weren't they, I'm stuttering, they run away from marriage, and that is a a fact. But what I see amongst a vast majority of men that I talk to, it's it's much bigger than that, and it much it's much deeper than that. They're 
not willing to really subject themselves to being committed to one woman and one woman only. Which goes back to the last live broadcast that we did. They do not want to tame that animal and that beast that's on the inside of them. They are afraid of that level of commitment. I think that's for a certain group of men. Oh. But I do think the financial okay. part is, is, I mean, why, why, okay. okay. The financial part does have something to do with it. It does. And I'm not saying that it doesn't. But I'm just talking about the men that I know and that I talk to. It's always, John, I don't, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, and I said, okay, so what's, what's holding you back then? Did one woman? Uh, yeah, one woman. Like, maybe, one woman. Maybe that one woman, because they have to be honest about what they actually bring into the table. I it, know, yeah. It, it still could be the same thing, because, okay, because think about it. If they are afraid to uh, commit to marriage because of they don't want to financially support a, prop, fa- a family, maybe that's why there's so many single moms, because they ain't committing to marriage or financially supporting a family. No. So at the end of the day, they still ain't financially supporting. And the reason why so many, especially African-American men that are um, that have children out there on child support, because not everybody, because I got some brothers that take care of their children, yeah. but you have some of them that just ain't want to financially support their children. So, you know, so I can see why they don't want to be married, because they don't want to be re- financially responsible. And it could be a deeper insecurity that they know that they can't handle it, or they know they don't make enough, or they just want to do them. Or they're, yeah, they're just selfish. I, mean, I call a spade a spade. Brothers, y'all selfish. I'm I'm gonna just be real with you, and, and I don't wanna I don't wanna speak like I'm talking from a high horse, right? But I literally had to do the work. I understood that I, I mean, was you responsible. Went through a phase too. Yeah, I went I went through a phase, and I had to come out of stupidity. I had to come out of stupidville. Yeah. We have a responsibility as as men, black men, to carry the weight of women that we put them in, in in the situations that we put them in. We carry that weight, man, and men just selfish. I'm sorry. I man, I am of the belief, right, if if a, a man that knows himself and that is confident with who he is finds a woman that even has brokenness that she has to work through, that has uh, hurt that she has to go through, and all the stuff that the world has put her through, if he confident as a man within himself can tap, can make, can assist, let me say that, that woman in tapping into who she's meant to be as a woman and help her recover from all the trauma that she has gone through. I'm, I am of the firm belief that a man that's walking in who he is, I'm not saying that he's arrived yet, but who who is confident with stepping they up to the plate, that that's what that's well, what I'm okay. Man, so let's take it back to us. Dudes, Since man. we live our life out loud, so hope that it challenges and compels other people. When we had two children, you went through a phase. I did. Where the the financial burden of taking care of us, I was sick. I had hyperemia, squarvarium with being pregnant. It was really tough. Um, I remember you reaching out. And this for, is going to Asia's point. Yeah. Yeah. You was reaching out. For uh, financial help, you called, uh, I guess, DSS or whatever. We were married, it was so hard. so we didn't qualify for assistance. And you was like, 
you know, and that had break me. You was like, you know, can I just get some assistance till I get paid on Friday? And the lady was like, she couldn't help you. And maybe your brother Jason or maybe my mom, somebody else helped us out in that transition. But then after that, it's like the weight of the world, you know, because I wasn't working because I got sick really bad. And you were like, this family life ain't for me. And you went through a phase now. You did snap back eventually. Right. But the finances part, you know, we that apartment we talked about, you know, we gave it up. You know, we moved back with our parents or whatever. Yeah. And it took you having to see us apart. You know, it was another time I wanted to just get a divorce, you know, boom, boom, boom. But there was that financial strain that made you want to retreat. Because yeah. as a man, if y'all don't feel on top That's or true. y'all don't feel like y'all have control, That's true. it's the, what is it you call it? The flight? The fight or flight? Fight or flight thing comes in. And it's just easier to, to just flight, flight because to dip. I can't control this. You That's know, it's just too much horrible, of me. Bro. We have, um, Paulette said, finances horrible, play a big bro. part in it. Most men don't feel fulfilled when they aren't financially where they want it. Yep. That's we true. talked about That's that. True. Asia said, men who think like that are greedy, they don't want to be stuck with something. It is possible something better can come along. And that's also where you were when you were there. Yeah. Now, yours didn't last. Not even yours only last a couple of months. Yeah, it didn't last. But it happened. It did. But it was your core values that brought, that you, brought back. you back. And boom. But it, it, it still was there. It, it was. And so, I, I, and I understand a man that doesn't feel like he is in control, loses control. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, what, what, and, and what brought me back was my core values. But I just, I just can't sit here as a man and let that be an excuse. And I, and I get it, man. I get it because I went through it. But it was wrong. It was wrong. I should have used what I believe was a union that I was supposed to be in. It just got tough. I know. I should have came to you and you could have helped me through that toughness. you know. But instead, I was mad because you were sick. I was tired of having I mean, a, I was sleeping at the, I stayed at the hospital for like three mm-hmm. weeks. Jonathan started, like, stripping floors on the side on his full-time job. He would still come to the hospital, sleep with me. That's your alarm. Sorry. Come to the hospital, sleep with me. I think one night I was like, don't come to the hospital. Yeah. I was like, just go to bed, go home, get some rest. But then you didn't like me being there or whatever. And it was just too much. You was just trying to make money on the side. It was a lot. And then you crashed. Stress got me there. Mm-hmm. So stress do play a part. So that's the fear that causes our brothers out there that aren't ready to commit. And then our sisters probably feel the same way too. Like like how I was reserved. Like why put my life in this man's hands? <laughs> when when he has the ability yeah. to just dip out at yeah. any chance. Dang. So I would rather so again, just raise that, my child by but myself. That, but but with that being said, that's that is a legitimate fear that's backed by experience in life that they see happen. But can't the man change that? He, baby, he can only change that when the circumstances change. Remind you, we went back to our parents' house. We saved up money because we weren't expending in bills. Mm-hmm. You know, because we didn't get assistance. 
at that time. So it was like, you know, we we went back. And then when you when you came all the way back together, you bought us the Hyannis Clubhouse. Yeah. Which was like you like redeeming us or Facts. bringing us back together Facts. and showing an even better, bigger commitment. Like, yeah, I made us leave our apartment, but now I bought you a house. There we go. And we bought our first houses we before our twenty first birthdays. Yep. We had a darn mortgage and couldn't buy alcohol. <laughs> but <laughs> you, you know, oh man, the backwardness of America. You took that hurt that you saw me go through. Yeah. You the disappointment that you found in yourself going that low. Yeah. And you. You came out just ready to just to prove because that's what men do. Yeah, I'm sorry, but, man. but you had opportunities that a lot of a lot of brothers don't get. I mean, you because were I, young, you know. You were a that. DOD contractor. You I got that, that job. I you. Get that. I get that because I did what a man is supposed to do, and that's the whole. That's the it's the mindset that I am frustrated that men have and allow themselves to stay in. Again, I'm not talking from a high horse. I'm talking from experience and going through it, right? I get it. I may have I've fallen, but the measure of a man is always determined from when he falls and how what he uses to get back up. Men fall and stay down or never raise up off the floor. Mm. That's my beef. Why you have women that literally are waiting. They're waiting. Even if they say, I don't want it. Even if they say, I don't need a man. Even if they say, I'm I, done with men. I said that. I said the man that. that takes responsibility of himself and rise up off the floor to handle his business, to, to dig deep into who he is, can change that woman's mindset that's waiting for him. I can't. Exactly. So, but the buck still rests on the man. Period. That's true. And you had to make me believe that marriage wasn't a piece exactly. of paper. Exactly. Because I believed marriage was a piece, piece of, of paper. paper. It's still every, one. One of the things I always say: everything rises and falls on leadership. And because we are traditional people, I still believe that the the man is the the head to to a degree, of course, not the head as far as control. Role, dominance, but the head as leading what the, the, the God given uh, thing, the instinct, the drive, the wit to, 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 to lead rest on the man's shoulder. Mm -hmm. So when I know that that man taps into that, and even if he hasn't gotten to where he needs to be, but is confident and sure that he can, he can change that woman's attitude. But we are unwilling to do it. We want to go out and party. We want to go out and uh, smoke. You know, we, well, we, we want to go out and feel up. like y'all bigger than what y'all are. That, and that's a and front. make us and feel that you are more than what that's you are front, and until that's a we lie. realize. That's a front and that's a lie. Really and the front and the, and the, the front and the lie is this. We need small things, tangible items, tangible acts, tangible feelings to boost up our ego. Because our ego is this big, 
And we need these things to boost our ego up, to make us feel good, which only continues to promote the lie that you really ain't nothing. <laughs> you ain't got nothing to offer. You have nothing to give because you can't even give it yourself because you don't even know who you are. And you're not even trying to discover who you are. I, even I am of the belief even that a woman will still give a man a chance that is in discovery. Yeah, that's true. That's what potential is. That's that's, that's what women say. Oh, but he has now potential. You got the women man is that's scorned because now she don't want a man that has potential no more because she done been burned by the other ones that she thought that had the potential. Exactly. Again, resting on the man. I I don't care any conversation that we come back. I'm always going to put the onus and the responsibility towards the man because I understand that everything rises and falls on leadership. But what if you and have the a man fact. that say that woman ain't nothing no more? Well, yeah, that is true. Men still, men do say that, but they still will use that woman for what they need. They they will come out their mouth and they'll say women ain't nothing, but still use that woman to lay down and get that tangible feeling uh, that comes through sex to get their release and boost their ego. If they ain't nothing, why don't you completely leave them alone? But you know you can't because we're interdependent and you need that woman as much as you want to push her away and deny her existence and deny her 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 her, her re and revere her and and deny her being and not want to actually lift her up and build her up. You still need her. As a matter of fact, I still believe that you do women as a whole a grave. Uh, uh, you disrespect them the most. I couldn't find the word. By not honoring them through your birth. Let me put that in perspective. You came through a woman. That woman had to carry you for nine months. Mm -hmm. That woman delivered you. That woman had to, to, uh, to, to feed you, to bathe you, change your diapers, clothe you. You came through a woman, man. You do the, the women in a whole a disservice by treating them badly and not doing the work on yourself. Not understanding the honor rest on the one that you came through. And I just, I just, I just know that if men could wake up and stop being so greedy and stop being so selfish, that there'll be more available. There'll be more that we can actually start to promote the idea of marriage again. We can start to promote healthy households, healthy relationships. Our kids Are will we have a better that a chance. Household isn't healthy if it's not with two parents. That's that's not what I'm saying because we, I'm a product of a single parent household. But I also am raising our kids in a two-parent household. Mm -hmm. If I thought that a single-parent household was enough, then I wouldn't put so much responsibility on making sure that we have a two-parent household. I like that video of the guy that did the race with the, the teens. Yeah. And um, how he had pe everybody line up, and then he gave people, like, a head start by giving them as, like, who was raised oh, in a yeah. two-parent household? You know, who didn't have to ever worry about a meal on your on their table? And all those peoples were able to make strides. It doesn't mean that the person that had the one parent in the household can't eventually win the race. Win the race. It's just going to take them a lot well, harder. Lot, yeah. And that was you. Right. You know, you just had, you know, a lot. You had to catch up. You had catch to run up. a little faster. And we're just saying that having a two-parent household, and not just any two parents, because you got two people in the house sometimes, and they need one of them. You know, that is true. You know, so active, you know, involved, good parents that you could give your children a head start in life. Paul, Paul has said men need to know that women will support them in their growth, but we have to see action, not 
just words. Facts. Otherwise, we just feel it's talk. I respect a man that is in his growing process, that is honest about it, but also putting in the work behind the talk. Big facts. I don't understand why men don't like to say they when they need help. Because it's pr- pride I coupled get with ego. It. I get and that's just how we are. I get it. It's pride coupled with I, ego. I get that, but. And the, 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 the biggest thing you that they, they will never right. say that they need help, or we will never say we need help when it comes to a character flaw. But our character flaws are the biggest thing. You learned that. Oh, my God. Our character, <laughs> right. Our character flaws are the biggest things that, um, that cause women not to trust men. It's our character flaws, and that's what we need the most. And we will never do that. We will never ask for help because we don't want to be accountable. Because we don't want to feel like we're a punk. Because we don't want somebody telling us what we what to do. We we don't need nobody to sun us. That's how. That's our mindset. It's like how can you ever rise to the occasion without help? Even great people in this world had help and assistance along well, the way. Well, that's a uh, that's an art of leadership is to knowing that you can't do everything by, by yourself. yourself. And that you need a team, a support system, and people there to help you. That others have stronger strengths than you, and you surround your in certain areas, and you surround yourself. You know, you embody yourself around people that have strengths where you are weak, and things like that to help build you up. So, if we're talking about and using your words of being in, you know, having the man as the head or whatever, and the man as the leader, and everything rise and fall on leadership. Well, if you don't understand the art of leadership and understand what it takes to be a leader, then you're not an effective leader. That's true. Hence why we still, you know, our community is still in the tussle and bustle that it's in. That it's in. I you mean. You know, because they don't understand, the, you know, their role. Well, they, I can't say they don't understand their role. Maybe they just don't want the responsibility of it is because it comes. Right. With a heavy load. But. I also hear men that complain, like, in their vulnerable moment that they need support or they never had support or whatever, whatever. I but never had a father to show me none of this. I don't know how my daddy, man. But did you ask for one? Yeah, did you no, find one? No. You know, um, I feel like people, and I, and, and I could have this completely wrong, but I feel like sometimes in those, like how you grew up in the projects or whatever, mm-hmm. I think that there are resource, more resources afforded to people in the projects and things like that to have mentors, yeah. to have people that oh can invest gosh. in them. That's how so, I was able to do so much. So, well, I and I know that from you. So it's like, <laughs> you know, did you say you needed help? Yeah. Did you say that you want a figure? Did you go look for a father figure? Did you find somebody that you could learn from? And it goes back to personal responsibility in that case, it too. Does. Uh, I said earlier in the podcast that the greatest investment that you can invest in, in is yourself. And we we literally don't want to do that. Hence, now we have uh, broken communities, broken families, broken households. But that can change. That really can change. And, again, with this podcast, we are all about leveling up. Men, you can you can do the work. You you can do the work. I know, baby, we're going to bring it on women but men you can do the work if you desire and at one point a man's gonna have to ask himself is this really what i want to be remembered by you, you people don't think about that you, you need to because legacy is so important your legacy your imprint of what you leave on this earth 
is so important. And I made up in my mind um, that my legacy was going to be my family and our values that we pass down to our children. I can be the richest person on earth, but it wouldn't matter if my kids didn't grow up with the core values that I know that they need to be great people in this life. And then in return, tap into what they're supposed to and then reciprocate or replicate, excuse me, that same thing. You know what? Maybe when I I have conversations with other people and they tell me that, you know, marriage ain't for them and things like that, I'm going to just ask them, what's your core values? Yeah, what's your core values, man? Where do you you see for yourself in the next, you know, 10, 20 years when when you're older, you know, whatever? Where do you see for yourself? And then if you have children, where do you see for them? Like, what, you know, if they say at your funeral, there's one thing about my mom or there's one thing about my dad, well, what imprint would you have left for them? If we talk about legacy, you know. um, So important. My, you know, my, my dad was, you know, he had, it was me, but then it was my other, my other brothers and my other sisters. We didn't all have the same mom and, you know, we didn't all live under the same house, you know, and we barely saw him. And I used to hear him and my mama argue all the time. And, you know, he would tell me that, you know, my mama had problems and my mom would talk about him and, you know, come on, that cycle. I would rather hear, I would rather hear in that using that same scenario. It was me, and I had other brothers and sisters, and so and so and so and so. But my daddy was always there. Yeah. My daddy came by. My daddy taught me this because even we had a child out of wedlock, but yeah. you can still change the trajectory of your future even today if you have children out there, and maybe you're not ready for marriage, and you know for whatever reason it is, but that does not stop you from leaving a legacy with them, building a relationship, showing them, you know, just giving them a piece Peace. of you. Yeah. You know, I just, I yeah. just, I just hate it. So remember children are, um, extensions of the parents. Um, so if, if you're not doing what you need to do, if you're not leveling up, if you're not doing the work on yourself, all you're doing is creating another product of yourself. You know, or you just pushing them back from that start, you know, from in that race. Exactly. You know, and, and all this is predicated upon the post that I posted like a week or two ago and the Kayla Nicole tweet about. Stop having bastard children. That's <laughs> what she said. <laughs> That's what she said. Over 70% because of black Americans. And uh, make and marriages. And make marriage great again. And make marriages great again. Make and it great again, and you know. It's nothing wrong with that. And, again, I know everybody don't strive for marriage and everybody don't want to be married and whatever, for whatever reasons, you know. But then ask yourself why. Right. You know. Why? You just don't feel like it's needed. Greatest level of commitment. I even argued this, this point with somebody when they, they were trying to say that having children is your, you know, are your greatest le- is your greatest level of commitment because you always got to commit to that child and love them regardless of what they do. And, they, and all that is true. That is That is very true. But your child is going to grow up, and your child is going to develop their own independence. They're going to try to find out what they're supposed to do on this earth, and your child can leave. And your hopes is for them to leave. Hold on, hold on. Let me get there. Don't go, don't go there for yet, please. Okay. You know they they can leave and they will leave. All right. 
but you're always going to feel a closeness and a connection to that child because you made them. So even if they do leave, you know that that's me, a part of me walking around. Now, put it in the perspective of two people that are not related, that are not blood, but are choosing to be in a relationship and give up themselves. That takes more commitment because you have to give it yourself to somebody who you're not even blood with to and yield yourself to them to build a life in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see any, I don't see another level of commitment that I can compare uh, that bond to, not even children. Mm, like going back to our last week podcast talking about the different um, levels of love or whatever. You know, the straw J love, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, that we have for our children is different from the pragma love, before, which is to endure, the enduring type of love. And it's different from the agape love, and it's different type of love. So your commitment to your children will never compare to a, the commitment of another person. Um, the, the debt's not the same. You mean to tell me I got to give myself to somebody who really ain't my blood. <laughs> that is a, the biggest level of commitment. I'm, I'm sorry. To me, that's the biggest level of commitment, man. Um, the I reason why it's the biggest level of commitment is because it's the easiest to walk away from. That's you know, it's a little bars. harder to walk away from my children, so I can stay committed to them. That's boss. But you? <laughs> you? I can walk away but from But to somebody else, up. you know, it, it takes a... You know, it takes a level of something to stay committed to somebody who I don't owe nothing to. I feel indebted to those children. Those children, I hope, will feel indebted to me because of how I raise them, which I know that they're not because they're going to grow up and be their own individual people. But at the same time, there's this transaction, a different type of transaction between, you know, a parent and their child. You know, this transaction can get a little skimpy. Mm -hmm. You know, you can show up in your tan sometimes, you know. So the fight is different, you right. know. We don't see people really fighting for a relationship with their kids unless something transpired. But, you know, there's there's no real fight. Now, there's issues and situations and, you know, arguments that come in play, but things like that. But yeah. this right here is, is a whole different of giving of myself. Exactly. You know, a it's different a different capacity. Level. It's, a diff- it's, it's all that. I don't give my children... I give them all of me when it comes to what they need, but they don't get all of Eva right. the way how Jonathan gets all exactly. of Eva. So to me, the the comparison can never be the, be the same. same. Go ahead, sir. It's okay, baby. You're pretty, sir. Uh-huh. So I think I think we um, just summed it up, man. I think pretty much we shared a little bit about our life. Mm-hmm. You know, me not. Believe you made me a believer that marriage is more than a piece of paper, paper. Yeah. you know, to the point that even if the paper didn't exist, I would still feel legally committed, committed. you know, because yeah. I understand that it's, it's higher, yeah, you know. So even if we would lose it, pay it up, or whatever, it's still the I, bond is because there. now I feel indebted, exactly, you know, and um. But it took us a while. When we first got married, that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. That, it wasn't it at all. In the first, what? Seven. Seven or more <laughs> years. We had to grow into it. 
you know, that's that pragma kind of love, that yeah. enduring love, you know, certain things that we endured in our relationship, you know, other people wouldn't adore. Shoot, I didn't think I could adore half the stuff that we went through, but that's that's love. That's love. You know, and choosing to go through that willingly, willingly, knowing that this easy now. No, 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 no. But willingly, willingly, knowing that this person can harm you and hurt you. Yeah, man. Man, that's so deep. That's vulnerability. But we love y'all, right? And we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. We uh, we just hope that you guys continue to tune in. We're gonna do one every week. If you guys have something that you, yeah, we're gonna try. You guys have something you, that you want us to talk about, a topic, anything. Um, you guys can hit us up on our page, the Love Life Legacy Podcast. Y'all can inbox us, Jonathan Singleton, uh, Eva Singleton. Um, just let us know. Um, and if not, then we're just going to keep talking about the issues that are important to us to continue to build on um, then along with on this platform uh, to do love together, do life together, and build legacy. Um, make sure you share. Please share. Please At any share. point that you like, just share the video. Yes, and we're we're, we're going to continue to to perfect this um, this video podcast. And you know, I don't want to li- really really do this to a certain extent, but if you have any feedback, you oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, I can take you know some adverse constructive, remarks. No constructive <laughs> criticism. Constructive Not criticism. adverse remarks. Constructive criticism. <sighs> people. It's all about people. growing. It is all about growing. You know, if you have something to say, just let us know. Yeah, just let us know. Hopefully, y'all like the new little setup. We're going to keep working on this, too. We're growing, we y'all. Growing, man. We're going to keep doing this thing. Yeah. Um, Life, love, legacy, legacy podcast. podcast. Hey, I hey. try to make up a little jingle. Hey, I'm going to get somebody hey. to sing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Y'all be we easy. We love y'all. Be easy. And we'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.